Um, he's just he's just the real deal, and um, and I, I certainly enjoy being around that and his wisdom that he has. And brother, I appreciate you. Why don't you come preach to us? Thank you, preacher. You'll be glad tonight. I'll be short. Five <laughs> 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 eleven. Right. But before I do that, I'm, I want to read you uh, my. My verse that the Lord gave me this morning, I, I shared it with Pastor and, and his wife. <clears throat> you know how through infirmity of the flesh I preached the gospel unto you at the first. <laughs> anyway, that's in the book of Galatians. I have a very unusual message, and I'll be honest. I, 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 I asked the pastor yesterday if I could do this because if I get hot, I get more, more trouble here. But... <clears throat> This message, um, I just, this morning I just, I said I've got to condense, and um, I just felt like this was the message for today, but I felt I've got to condense it, and um, you know, if y'all want to add some to it, there's plenty of um, uh, places in the Word of God that you can, you can get to. Brother Mike, good to see you back there. Didn't know you had made it back. Brother Baker, good to see you. Brother Penix, God bless y'all. Um, there's some stuff that I could say from this pulpit that would have uh, us in tears. And... Um, it has to do with a throwaway society. Um, with, um, in fact, my title that I I'm, have put to it is from knots n o t s to nows, and the basic thing is overcoming the spiritual inferiority complex. There's a lot of this in the Word of God. And some of the some of the people that that have captured us, they had every reason to throw it all up and throw it all away and walk out and say I'm done, but they didn't, and you shouldn't either, because out of the greatest pain usually comes the biggest plan. Out of the greatest pain in life comes most of the songs in the hymn book. And <clears throat> what I want to give you tonight, and you can go ahead and turn, if you will, in your Bible. We'll get there in a minute. Um, to Genesis chapter 42. You've heard of Walt Disney. I don't go there. And he wouldn't either if he was alive. Before I get to the text and to the preaching, Walt Disney was fired from the Kansas City Star. I'm going to quote. In 1919, here's why. Because his editor said he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. I've got some more, but let me throw one in. When I was working at Georgia Power, 
in Atlanta before I went into business. There's a man that owned one store in Hapeville. You could almost throw a rock on the Ford plant. He would bring, I worked in, I ran the small shop at one time there. That means I worked on small appliances and sole parts and all that. This man would come and bring a piece of equipment for me to repair if I could. Or if I couldn't, I'd keep it, put a tag, and he'd go his way. And I was around him a lot. Precious man, a Christian man. Taught junior boys in a Baptist church for a lot of years. He's dead, he's with the Lord. His name's Truett Cathy. He is the founder of Chick-fil-A. Never knew one store, the Dwarf House in Hayville. Never knew I was rubbing shoulders with somebody. That somebody would look on and say, he's got one store. He's doing pretty good. Listen on. Albert Einstein didn't speak until he was four. He didn't read until he was seven. He was expelled from school, was not admitted to the Zurich Polytechnic School because he failed the entrance exam. See those lights? See, how many, how many things? How many things? Oh, well, I know. That's Tom Edison, wasn't it? But anyway, <laughs> somebody's going to catch me on my stuff. <laughs> but um, Albert Einstein... If somebody calls you an Einstein, that's a good thing. That means you're smart. And if you use it for God, you're even smarter. Van Gogh. I don't like the name. It sounds dirty, but anyway. Van Gogh had no acclaim for his work. And while he was alive, he only sold one painting to a friend for nearly nothing. But he kept painting and never saw acclaim. One painting now is over a hundred million dollars. That doesn't make him great, but it's just somebody that probably the world laughed off and said his paintings are stupid. I thought they were too, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, Babe Ruth once held a record for strikeouts, thirteen hundred and thirty of them. But he said this. Every strikeout brings me closer to the next home run. And he held that at 714 until. And I could care less who did it. So let's go to God in prayer. And I'm just having my mind this night, my heart on this matter of, of people that think they're nobodies. And in the fact of the matter is, is in the economy of God, everybody is somebody. And a lot of people are overlooked and mistaken and thrown away. And whoever you are out here and you have a low self-esteem, there are two, there, the needle can go to the extreme the other way and be so prideful of the way you look and the way you carry yourself. And, you know, I, I, I was preaching years ago and I said, I don't care if my hair turns gray or falls out. I heard a still small voice that I do. My wife. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, you're in um, Genesis chapter 42, uh, verse 9 down through 13. 
most of you probably know the setting your pastors taught, preached. Joseph has been sold off into slavery. He's been taken off over there to Egypt. And we're coming into the, um, to the time when the brothers, there's a famine in the land, and they know there's food over there in Egypt. And so they, they have come to get help. They don't know they're dealing with their brother. Oh, I just love to picture this thing. Joseph knew his brethren, but they knew not him. Let's stop. Oh, Lord, I got a lot of preaching. Can you imagine what went through his mind? They don't know me, but I know them. Probably the devil would try to say, kill them all. No. Watch. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamed. He had not forgot them, but the moment those boys came, flashback. After all those years, being sold off into slavery, coming into Egypt, then being put in prison on a false accusation, then forgotten by the butler. He remembers his dream. By the way, that happened in 1441. Genesis. He remembers his dream. And said unto them, Your spies, <laughs> to see the nakedness of the land you're come. And they said unto him, Nay, my Lord. That probably rung a doorbell with him. But to buy food are we, thy servants come. We're all one man's sons. We are true men. Thy servants are no spies. And he said unto them, Nay, but to see the nakedness of the land you're come. And they said, Thy servants are twelve brethren. Well, they got the number right. The sons of one man in the land of Canaan, and behold, the youngest is this day with our father. What are the next four words? And one is not. What does that mean? That means we don't want to talk about it. We don't want to call his name. We don't tell you, we don't want to tell you what in our past. Mm-mm. Going down to chapter 42, get to 29 through 32. They go back to the father. They tell him the problem. The problem is, is Joseph said, bring that young son. They tell the father he doesn't want to do it. He said, I'll die. But they come. So they go and they start explaining to their father what happened. And they came unto Jacob, their father, unto the land of Canaan and told him all that befell unto them, saying, the man who is the Lord of the land spake roughly to us and took us for a spies of the country. And we said unto him, We're true men. <clears throat> We're no spies. We'd be twelve brethren. Sons of, of our father. What are the three words? One is not. There are so many people that have been written off. Not. Not ever come to Jesus. Not ever make anything of themselves. Dillinger went to Sunday school. 
He was a child. He was a son. He was a little boy. Sunday school teacher got upset and said, get out of here and don't ever come back. He didn't. But most people that are over 50 in here know his name because he was a bad person. I guarantee you this, that Sunday school teacher, she knew. Later on, she knew. Well, for the Sunday school teachers here, I know you don't do that, but you never know who you got in your class. I never know who I preached to and where they will go in life. But if you want to turn back uh, just a couple of pages to chapter 41 and look at 51 and 52, over there, you're going to read, and Joseph called the name of the... the oh, I didn't tell you the verse, did I? I did? Okay, 52. Firstborn Manasseh, for God said he hath made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. That almost makes me want to cry. Doesn't end there. 52 says, in the name of the second called he Ephraim. Why? For God hath caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So listen what's going on to him, with him. Oh, if anybody ever could have picked up a stone or a rock, a sword, and cut a person's head off, he could. But he named two boys to remind him it was bad, but it was good. Because something so good came out of it. You don't ever know. You never know. Turn to Judges chapter 11, and you'll get verse 1 through 11. I, pray, I may not read it all, but if I don't, we'll make the point. Jephthah. In verse 1, yeah, I know it's hard to find. It's just after um, Joshua, and right after there. Judges, chapter 11. I appreciate the Bible. Some people bring their phone and stuff. I appreciate the pages of the Bible. I can hear them. It's wonderful. In verse 1, Jephthah, Jephthah is the son of a harlot. What's, what, what, what cause did he have in that? Why was he, was he guilty? Was, was, was he to be thrown away? It was his dad. And it was the harlot. He was an innocent one, wasn't he? What happened? Son of a harlot, verse 2, his half-brothers thrust him out and cut him off. Get out. You're not going to be a part of this family and you're not going to get any inheritance. You ever heard that story in our time? There's nothing wrong with being a stepchild. There's nothing wrong with having half-siblings. 
And there, preacher, there are people, they fight, they fuss, they cuss, they, they hurt each other, they divide. And the truth of the matter is, the people that are hurt the most are the ones that are least guilty. Jephthah. So what happens? I know y'all can tell I just got preaching in somehow. It just has to get out. But anyway, verse 4, and it came to pass. I love this word, process <laughs> of time. <laughs> if you'll just wait, I don't know what you got. I don't know what hurt you got. I don't know what pain you got. But sometimes God takes that process of time. And he does something like he did with Gilead. No, we had right with, um, um, not Jeff. No, I'm, I'm looking back at Joseph. The process of time. Yeah, some timers has got me. But anyway, that, that process of time. Oh, you better wait on God. You better wait on God to elevate, to lift you up, to put you where he wants you to be. You better be careful about trying to skip some points in life and some process in life. So here's Jephthah. What does he do? He runs. What happens? A bunch of vain fellows collect with him. Why is this? Because he must be a man. He's a man. And while that's happening, I wonder what's going through his brain. I've been kicked out. No inheritance. Looked down on. Boy, he probably could have had some real, real deep, dark, heavy thoughts about those brothers. We don't find one thing about that in the Bible, do we? We don't see him around a campfire and him telling his story. It could have happened, but we don't know it. Yeah. Anyway. What happens in verse 6? <laughs> Those same elders, they humble down and they go to him and say, be our captain. <laughs> he says, really? You're really asking me to come and be your captain? He said, yeah. He said, if I come, will I be the head? He said, yes. And he did. And it was done. If ye bring me home again. I could run rabbits for a long, long way on that one. Yesterday when I was preaching on David, out of First um, Samuel chapter 17, David was written off as a youth. Just a youth. A nobody. He lied, despised him. You could tell the way he talked. He despised him. Goliath disdained him. That means he belittled him. Saul degraded him. But God delivered him and delivered Israel into his hand. And then Saul got jealous because the ladies were singing. Right? Yeah. Then there's the other side of this thing. <clears throat> and that's where people can deem 
themselves to be knots. No. I could string off a bunch of words, but there's no need to do that. But Moses, if you want to look at Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 14, Moses wrote himself off. Isn't it amazing that God picked somebody? God picked somebody. They don't have the best voice. They don't have the best delivery. They may not even have the best background. And they, may, and they may think like Moses thought. Not me. He couldn't be calling me. He could not be leading me. I can't read it, but I'll just tell you what he says. You can catch it in, 10 through, in verse 10 through, in chapter 4, verse 10 through 14. God's told him, I'm, you're going you're, you're gonna to lead Israel. You're going to... No. Watch. Oh, my Lord. I... Am not eloquent. Me too. <laughs> right? I'm not eloquent. God didn't say I want you to be eloquent. The one says, I am slow of speech and of a slow tongue. You know what that means? He stuttered. I've heard preachers preach great messages that stuttered. Glory to God. Preach the word and stutter if you got to. If Mel Tillis can sing without stuttering, we can preach without doing it. Anyway, try that out. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, God asked him a question. God said, Who has made man, man's mouth? Hath not I the Lord? You can write yourself off. You can say, I'll always be a not. Not able. Not talented. By the way, preachers don't wait on their, or, or men that God's calling, they don't want to wait on their wife to learn how to play the piano to answer the call. Did that go over your head? There are some people think, and some churches think, can I just let my hair down a minute? There are some churches that think that when they call a preacher, they need to get two for the price of one and get the preacher and then get the wife that plays the piano. Hello! Anyway, let's pass on over that for a minute. Brother Baker, where are you? Okay. And your wife may play the piano. Wonderful. I can't play the radio without static. <laughs> but, but anyway. So here's Moses and he wrote himself on. I, I, I can't. Now, here's what I like about this. This is how good God is. So God calls Moses. And Moses complains and says, I can't. And then God gives him Aaron. And then Moses never lets Aaron say nothing. Find out you can. If, you, if God puts it in your heart, he'll put it in your head. Anyway. Anyway, Gideon. Gideon. You might want to turn over to Judges chapter 6. It'd be 11 through 16. Ah, this is so good. I love this stuff. <laughs> these are real people. Young people, these are real people. God recorded this for all of us to understand. Young people, you are somebody in God's economy. Anyway, so the Lord spoke to him and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Reminds me of a Three Stooges thing. Where somebody walks in and says, gentlemen, and they all look and try to find a gentleman. 
Anyway, he says, me? <laughs> Mighty man of valor. <laughs> oh, boy. He said a whole lot more stuff. But anyway, verse 14, God said, go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel. Well, he still got some problems. So in verse 15, he says, oh, my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? My family's poor. How many people have poor family? <laughs> yeah, my family's poor. He didn't finish. He said, and I'm the least of my father's house. Okay, I'm dealing with this matter of self-esteem, this right and spiritual. Okay, I'm not dealing with somebody getting puffed up with pride and all that mess. Don't look down on yourself. You are exactly who God wants you to be if you will follow the leadership of the Spirit of God, follow the dictates of the Word of God, and let God make you what He wants you to be. You can hold your head high. Now, I'm going somewhere. If you think I'm done, I'm not. You may write yourself off. You may write yourself off as not worthy of God's love. You may, you may write yourself off not worthy of God's forgiveness. I've had people tell me, God can't love me. He can't forgive me. I've been so bad. I've done so much. And the truth of the matter is, is the Bible's full of people that were just like that. Paul was guilty of murder. No. You can write yourself off not worthy of going to heaven. But God has not written you off until you die lost if you're unsaved. If you're here and you're unsaved, you may write yourself off. But God won't write you off until you take your last breath and your heart beats for the last time and you're gone. Then you're written off. By the way, there's a book of life in Lamb's Book of Life. One day they'll be reconciled. And whosoever's not found written in the Book of Life, right? They're cast. Because they'll be reconciled. Lamb's Book of Life, Book of Life. The moment I got saved, God recorded my name, Leo Lamont Humphreys, in the Lamb's Book of Life. Never has been erased. Never will be. You may have written yourself off because of something in your life that you can't get over. I've known them. I have preached to them. I've loved them and prayed for them. And there are some people, there were things in their lives they just couldn't get over. If I told you some of them, you'd say, unbelievable. And by the way, I'm very conscious of the fact that there's some young ears in here. And there are some things they do not need to hear. And on top of that, I leave those things to the pastor. He is your pastor. Okay? Anyway. Maybe there's something that you have in your heart that you're guilty over. And you think, I can't win it. I'll never do better. I'll never get over it. Well, that's the thing that you... You win it. You win that. And then you can get over it and go on. But there are some people I think, I, I'm going to live this way the rest of my life. 
Maybe there's something so horrible in your life that you just can't believe that God can forgive it. He can. He will. You don't have to die not reconciled, not clean, not saved. But God is for you, and if God be for you, who can be against you? Anyway, aborted babies. By the way, you notice how society cleans up stuff. We use the word abortion, but it's actually murder. But anyway, aborted babies are written off as knots. Not wanted. Not wanted. Not a living person, and they are. Not precious in the sight of God, and they are. Not worth worrying with, and they are. Not worth having to buy diapers and food for, and they are. Oh, i got to move off of that one. We're reading some things, if I told you just in the last few days, some things that I have read that have gone on in this land. And I will not do that. It is so sickening, so demonic, so horrible, and so terrible. I can't even say it from here. That's just in the last few days, and it wasn't just one thing. It was several, several things. Anyway, excuse me a moment. I say not a living person. Zacchaeus was written off as not. Yeah. Government official. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Well, we well, better move off that. <laughs> Let's just vote them all out. What about the woman caught in adultery in John chapter 8? And the scribes and the Pharisees brought her and did what? They threw her down there. And Jesus wrote on, you know, you ever wonder what he wrote? I have an idea. It's speculation. <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody in that crowd is playing a hypocrite. Maybe he wrote their name and hers. <laughs> or maybe the address. <laughs> One, two, three, Galilee Street. <laughs> <laughs> but here's, here's what stumped me. Why didn't they bring the man over there and throw him down too? Yeah, where is he? Oh, I know what they were. They were male chauvinists. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway. Boy, threw her down. I love what Jesus said. One by one they went out. Remember, they, 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 we got to them. He turned to her and he said, where are those thine accusers? She said, none, Lord. He said, go and sin no more. Everything's going to be all right. You're somebody. You ever wonder what happened to that lady? I wonder what happened to a lot of people in the Bible. I think when we get to heaven, we're going to find out that we encountered them again somewhere. What about Mary? That was a sinner. And anointed the feet of Jesus with a hair. What about that? They said, oh, 
If he knew who she was, he did know who she was. And he loved her. And she loved him and worshipped him. She's written off, not, not clean. But anyway. Oh, I love this one. You're thinking, probably some of you are thinking, he said he condensed. <laughs> the demoniac of Gadara. Oh, this gets me. This really, this really gets me. Nobody had a problem with him as long as he was a demon-possessed idiot out there in the graveyard cutting himself. When Jesus comes over and casts out the demons and he's found in his right mind, clothed and sitting at the feet of Jesus, now they want him gone. Are y'all hearing me? Get out of here. Well, Jesus did tell him to go back to his kin and friend and all that. And you know what he did? He started spreading the gospel all over the Catholics. I think Decca's ten cities. Oh. Wait till we meet him. Written off. Hey, about this, I got, I got to move. What about when he goes home? Oh, my son! Oh, you know, and all that. What a day! Oh, what a day! Oh my goodness! I just stuck the prodigal in there. You know who wrote him off? His brother. Father never wrote him off. But you know what he said when he found himself in the hog pen wanting to eat the husk which fell? The Bible says he came to himself. And he started reminiscing and thinking about what it was like at home. And if the devil could have, now I know God gave us this to teach us some principle. Okay? By the way, it does say a certain man. All right? I think I've got that right. Anyway, if the devil could have, he could have said, and if, if he'd have swallowed that thing like some people have, he could have said, I can't go back because I've spent everything. I've wasted everything. I'm so unclean. I've wasted everything with riotous living. I'm not going to explain that because... The ones that can understand it will understand it, and those will catch it later. But when he went back, the father was ready with everything. He said, you're not a not. You're my son. Welcome home, son. Got the fatted calf and the ring, robe. Wow. You're talking about Somebody that was at the lowest of lows and comes back repentant, broken and right. And the father says, my son, which is lost, is found. There's one more. And it's Jesus. He was and still is written off as a knot. John chapter 1, verse 43 through 46. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? 
I don't know. I've been there. Preacher, sure you probably went there too. I have a memory. We were coming into Nazareth, and there was a man with a little boy, and he had a loaf of bread. I'm talking about with no wrapper, no nothing under his arm. I thought, oh, Lord, we're not going to buy no bread here. But anyway, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? That's like saying, don't believe that. Mm-mm. Jesus has been written off as not needed, not wanted, not God, despised, rejected, ridiculed, an imposter, not necessary, spat upon, John 14, 1 through 6 says, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God. Believe also in me, in my Father's house, or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, you know, in the way, you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest now, come another way. And Jesus said, saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Watch this. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you're here and you're unsaved, you can write him off as not necessary for you, not wanted by you at this time. Doesn't fit in with your plan. But the problem is, if you write him off and you die that way, he has to write you off. So let me give you these about 12, 13 things without any dialogue or any further explanation, except when I get to my last verse. We're not without, listen to this, we're not without the friend. There's a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. If you're here and you have a Facebook with a thousand friends and you don't have Jesus, You don't have the right kind of friends yet. We're not without forgiveness, thank God. We're not without the family of faith, thank God. We're not without hope, thank God. We're not without love. We're not without peace. We're not without comfort. We're not without truth. We're not without help. Help, H-E-L-P. We're not without power. We're not without promise. And we're not without a future, thank God. If you've been, if you've been to Calvary and you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are a now, now saved now born again, now on your way to heaven, now filled with the Spirit of God, now with the peace of God, the grace of God. Oh, my goodness. I don't think we can name enough stuff. And then we'll give you a verse and go. Two verses. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Watch. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. God has given to us everything that pertains to living this life as nows. And there were, there was a time when we were not 
We were not saved. We were not able. <coughs> we were not righteous. We were not holy. In fact, I looked up today, and I'm not going to do it, but I looked up today the occasions where God's Word refers to people that are unsaved as without. But for you people in here, you're born again. You're not without. You're not, you, are an, you are a now, a now child of God. If you have a low self-esteem, take it up with God because He's got you in His plan and He's got, he's got you. Oh, yeah, He's got you. And you need to quit letting, letting the devil beat you up on who you are and what you look like. And if you look like God wants you to look like and act like He wants you to act like, then you're okay. You're all right. It's okay. But if you're unsaved, you need to be born again more than you need your next breath. The only person in here that will be eternally forever a not is that person that is not saved. Lord, thank you for letting me preach one more time. I pray that you'll bless. I pray that you'll do, do your work. I pray that your sweet Holy Spirit of God will apply the word wherever you want it. And we will give you the honor and the glory and the praise when it's all said and done in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, preacher. Amen. Brother Humphreys, I certainly appreciate that. Um, and you can think about those that the devil beats up constantly to get you convinced that you're going to do nothing. That you're in that not group that he was talking about. One of my favorite parts of the book of Judges is the verse he read there where the Lord goes to Gideon, who's hiding from the Midianites, and calls him the Almighty Man of Valor. Showing Gideon, what, if, if you have your confidence in me, this is, this is what will happen. And boy, if you'll put your confidence in the Lord... Amazing what he could do with you. Amazing. Boy, don't let the devil beat you up. And just complete, because you know what? That's easy for you to completely miss the will of God for your life. Maybe it's something else in your life that the devil's been beating you up, sort of putting you in that not category that he was talking about. Some trial, something you're facing, and... and Listen, the confidence needs to be in the Lord. Whether it was, notice that was the answer in all of those. Starting from Joseph, you know, when, when he even named his, his children, it dealt with his confidence in God. All of them. With heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me ask this question. Maybe you're here and this thing of your salvation has been bothering you. I certainly don't want to let that go by. If you're here right now, I say, Pastor, please, I do need you to pray for me. I am not certain that I am saved. I am not certain that heaven is my home. I want you to pray for me. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and let me see it? Just some small children is all I see. If you did raise your hand, I would need you to do it again. All right, Christian. Maybe you need to come and pray. Just like David when he was that youth. One of the difference between David and the army was David's confidence was not in David. It was in the Lord. He already saw what the Lord could do. And if, you, if you'll begin to take on those initial battles in life, you know what you'll begin to see? What the Lord can do.
If you have something you need to come and pray, come and pray about this evening. You come and pray. Father in heaven, bless this invitation, Lord. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Page number 490. If you need to come and pray, you come and pray. 490.